Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, welcome back to the Bowling Point. We are we are close, closely knit we're today. Get, we're getting pictures taken Don't as we, we speak. That's right. Now talking about the booth, fellas. Wait, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Who is this guy? He's in the. He's in here with us. <laughs> okay, our guest. Looking very sharp. Our guest, Lachlan O. Somebody we both know very well. Um, filmmaker extraordinaire. Uh, Hemmings House employee. Uh, uh, I like to say he's my oldest, youngest employee. I, he's been working with me you know, since the dinosaurs. Uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's, ta- he's taller now than he was when he started. I've noticed that. <laughs> he has grown. Yes. And he is a millennial. Uh, sure. I, he, he was born after... 1980. What, what year were you born? 87 uh, specifically. 1987. I was. Uh, I got my license in 87. For goodness sakes. Um, Let's not talk about this. <laughs> year of birth and all that kind of stuff. Hey, at least you're not talking about what booth you're in this time, fellas. That's right. That's right. So he has been a great um, advocate of this podcast, and also a really like an, and critic in the best form. Mm-hmm. He's given us good feedback, and you've invited him in. And we're gonna, and I, I can think of a million things I like to talk to Locke about. But what, what, what caused you to bring Locke, Locke in here? Well, the interesting thing about this podcast is we are really reaching out to people around the world, you know, thought leaders, disruptors, on entrepreneurs. But we're also focusing on what's what's here right at home in Atlantic Canada. Um, and why don't we even drill down even further? And uh, I really would love for you to bring in somebody like Marilyn or another one of your uh, coach team sure. at some point. This will be one of uh, one of a few of our peppering of Hemmings House um, employees because all the people that work here have really interesting insights. Uh, and same with people uh, that work with you, Dave. Um, and yesterday, Lachlan and I were talking fireside, drinking uh, a Hammond River beer together. Mm. Um, flames were, 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 were casting off a nice light, and it was a, a nice romantic uh, environment. And we were just talking about um, working in a place far, far away from the center of, of, you know, of where the media world is, i.e. Hollywood or Toronto or Vancouver. Uh, we're in St. John, New Brunswick, a small, you know, quasi-rural area. And uh, Lachlan said it straight up. He's like, we have de- developed as a company a vision statement, mm-hmm. a mission mm-hmm. that you, Dave, had a lot to do with mm-hmm. that is really a major part of the glue of what keeps young, talented filmmakers in a place like New Brunswick, where really the opportunities are very minimal in this field. So, uh, yeah, I thought it'd be great to bring him in, chat with a, a real live millennial. Like, uh, we can pinch him. He's actually right like in the booth with us. Dave, you, you've known Lachlan for a long time. Why don't you start, because uh, you, you've seen him since he was a kid, you know, a skater kid with his uh, pants down to his ankles, his underwear coming up and showing his butt and stuff. <laughs> so, uh, like, he's gone a long way, you know? Well, okay, well, you know what? I want to hear about the, the uh, current project you're working on, some of the travel you've been doing, because... You know, you, you, we're here in, in St. John, New Brunswick, but um, I know you've been doing a lot of travel. So maybe why don't you give us the last year real quick? Sure. Here's, here's some of the projects, like the highlights. Here's the projects. Here's the places I've been. And all as a result of this 
very cool art form you're part of and company you're part of. Sure. And just to rewind one sec about the, the comment about you guys always talking about where you're uh, recording in. Uh, uh, one of my favorite podcasts is the Freakonomics podcast with uh, Stephen Dubner, and uh, it's all around his book. And he's, he's it's a really great podcast. It's all about taking ec- economics and pairing it with like really interesting situations in real life. So they'll, they'll do like really cool pairings of, um, for example, they just did one on how does Norway afford to buy so many Teslas? And it was all about the paradox of Norway being able to buy Teslas with all the oil money. Anyways, they did a really amazing podcast that you guys should listen to that's all about change. And it was, uh, and the thing was, is that it was like, you know, how does change affect people? Why are people afraid of it, et cetera, et cetera? And there was this really great quote that I, I, I that I've really been into lately when they're talking about giving people critical feedback, which I, which is why I told you about quit talking about which recording booth you're in, <laughs> and uh, and um, so they said. It was just summed up so nicely. It was like when you get to a certain point with giving feedback to people, it gets to this point where do you want to make people happy or do you want to make people better? And I was like, that's really interesting because it's scientifically proven that people tune out when you tell them, oh, you're doing such a great job. You're doing such a great job. You're doing such a great job. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Not to – so I thought it was really interesting. It's like you don't need to like totally, you know – destroy someone's world with feedback but it was really interesting it's like you're doing a great job but here's the really critical points to, to actually make you better so that's why I, I i told you that night at the ale house that <laughs> you guys should stop talking about what booth you're in which is great and you know what and, and it does it makes you better and and i think people you know to your point and to this podcast point the one you listen to is that people really want to know in a caring way they don't want to be ripped down but they want someone's point of view, and they can choose to to um, to you know to, to listen to it. Mm-hmm. I, and you, that was great. I was like, thank you. That's great. Why do we talk? That's a good question. Why are we talking about that? So, but so enough about <laughs> us and that great feedback. Okay, um, and, uh, and 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 despite your wonderful feedback, it took us a while to to get rid of that whole opening thing about hey, guess where we are now? We're you know. So um, I don't use the word hot box <laughs> anymore. Yes, yes. So we're. <laughs> So we've we've kind of out of that, but so to, but let's let's talk about you a little bit, and you're at this really you know I think this fascinating part of your career, um, and I, and I just let's just use the last year as an example just for listeners to understand you know and there might be some aspiring filmmakers I would guarantee there are some listening or some um, people that you know would like to know more about this whole industry and what it's about and I think you have a very interesting perspective so why don't you uh, give us the last year in summary just an example of you know, what you've been doing, uh, where you've been, and what have you learned? Well, I need to go back further than a year to, to put this a little bit in context because I can almost identify an exact really big turning point for me in leadership in the film world. And we were working on these series of commercials, and we brought this director down from Toronto. And I, I, I we had worked with them once before, but this is the first time like me and him were going to tackle this project together as me as the cinematographer and him as the director. And there was a, you know, a lot on the line. It was with a, with a big client and stuff. And I was really excited to work with them. And after the first day of shooting, I said, Warren, like, just please, this is the director named Warren Snowden. I said, Warren, just, just please tell me, like, what, what, what could we have done better today? What could I have done better? What could the rest of the team have done better? And I thought he'd be like, oh, man, you know, you should have put the lights here. You should have put the camera here. Blah, 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 or All these really technical things. But he, he, he said to me, he said, you know, you do, you're doing too much. 
you've got to enable the people that you've hired on the set and that are with you to do all the work. And you've got to take a step back and be able to think about what you're going to be doing next. And it totally caught me completely off guard. I wasn't expecting I thought it was like, oh, you know, you need to use more 85 millimeter lenses or something. And I, I really took that piece of advice to 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 heart into into my head because the next day I it, it, I was like I'm I'm going about this all wrong I'm way I need to be able to take a step back and be able to tell the certain departments what to do rather than try to be hands on with all of them and that was a huge turning point for me because from there on out I was able to enable a whole crew of people while st- still keeping kind of the reins on the the bigger picture and that thing is able was able it was such a great piece of advice that if I can fast forward now because that was about two years ago and now to this year I think probably one of the premier projects that we did this summer was this really amazing series of commercials for the New Brunswick Innovation Foundation and we had to build this massive two-story set two levels you know 30 to 40 people involved all these players all these different things going on and I don't think that I would have been able to direct this with Steve, who also works here, and be the cinematographer on it if I hadn't have been able to develop the skill of enabling other people, mm-hmm. which which is a really great thing that Greg has also done in us as himself. Is like his he's a little bit more push you off the deep end and here you go, but to hear it in kind of another set of words was was really interesting. So and it's about delegation, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's about delegation, but it's also about like if I think as as in a leader in that situation, you can't you've got to one you got to make sure you've got the right people, but you can't go like I think creativity really flourishes when you're not in there trying to manhandle people and try to like rigidly stick them into something. They've got to come to things on their own and and, and bounce it back to you, and you've got to enable them and not try to restrict them. And that is, those commercials are very cool, by the way. Uh, I loved watching them. And so, how do people? How can people? As just so as a point of reference, how do they find them? MBIF website, I think MBIF.ca. And uh, also, Matt, uh, we'll probably put links in the show notes. Hey, Matt. Yes. Okay. So, because that's neat. Because that, and that how that set was built and how you guys, the the creativity around that was very cool. I was as a as a layman, you know, just watching it. I thought, and, and it, it was a nice series of ads. And uh, I thought it I thought it did a great job for the MBIF as well. So let's go to a little bit about you know the life of a filmmaker. Uh, what's, what's like? That's what I'm kind of going with that last year. Like, where and, and reference life as a filmmaker on our current project too, because it's it's so multi layered what you're mm-hmm. what you're involved with. So that we we wrapped that up, and that was a really great experience. And I have to say, just one more thing on that is that the guys at the MBIF, they they were on the same plane in terms of like sometimes people try to rigidly hold you to all this stuff. These guys are like, listen, we're just going to give you a blank canvas. We've got a few things that we want to make sure that we get to the public, some goals. But we don't want to go to – we want to, like, use something creative to get to this goal. And I, in the very first meeting I did, I said to them, when I pitched the first idea of this one-shot take, I said, guys, you guys are the Innovation Foundation. You have to do something innovative in your commercial. Or otherwise, why are people going to believe you? I think Lachlan's a pitch man, too. Yeah, he is. That's what I. That's what I, I sat down and I said to them. That's what, and they totally got it right from there. I was like, if you're just gonna do some like you know traditional boring montage or something, go ahead. But I think you deserve something better than that. Okay. So, th- th- so fast forward. So we finish that up, and then we get the call that we're gonna do this this huge TV show, 
And uh, for this big broadcaster in Canada, it's going to be 20 episodes shot all around North America. And that's that's really amazing. That's uh, it's a really awesome opportunity. Are we allowed to say what yeah, network? No, you, you can tell, tell us about the show, just about the content of the show and where you've been and, and what you've been doing and what you've been learning. <coughs> yeah, it's like, it's like pulling teeth here. Come on. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If we're, sorry for, for, for the editing. I don't know if we're allowed to say that, are we? You totally can. And uh, don't ask Lachlan to pull his teeth because he actually will, literally. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the, yeah, that was that was nice. So, okay. Well, we had sorry. a shot of that. Sorry. So, uh, so we find out that we're going to do this these 20 episodes of this new show called The Real Houses on the W Network in Canada. So for us, this is like, okay, we're stepping into a whole new world, bunch of new players. And this gets me really excited because what I think – is a great learning opportunity is working with new people and different places, new experiences. So we, it's, it was literally, I I remember Greg and Steve coming into my office and say like, listen, man, we got the show. And I was like, everything is just about to totally change, which, which it did. And so the, we've been down all shooting all throughout the maritime so far. We've been down in New York a few times shooting and we're just kind of on the eve of going to California Texas, maybe uh, New Orleans, Vancouver. So it's, I think the, the, the most, for me, kind of like trying to increase my own leadership skills and my own skill set, the most interesting part was like, okay, I'm going to get to work with new people. And at first I, I, I thought, I was like, oh, new people would, would necessarily mean positive experiences that I could take learning opportunities away from. But on this show, it's actually been kind of a little bit both, that sometimes you need to work with new people to learn what, not to do, which was something I wasn't expecting because uh, you, you, you see how you operate and you think that all oh, people come from this bigger city or something and that, you know, that they, they have the end all be all. And sometimes it's actually kind of refreshing to know that what you're doing is actually the right thing, that you kind of need to look at how other people are working. And, and that was a really one of the biggest things from this was like, you know what? It was kind of reassuring that even though we're from the Maritimes and Atlantic Canada, that you know what, we, we actually do have a lot to bring to the table. And it actually kind of changed my mindset that we as Maritimers or Atlantic Canadians don't aren't at any kind of disadvantage because we're from here now. I think that those days are over. Like we have to have a little bit more faith in ourselves. Yeah, and you know what, I, I was, I've talked to someone very close to the project, um, and one of the things that, that was very is very evident in his opinion is how world-class uh, what you guys are doing. And that's just not, I'm not, that's kind of a shameless plug, but it's a real. It's really what's happening. So, so you're. So it's funny when you're up and working with these folks from you know maybe what are deemed as the more natural places for the industry to be taking place, mm-hmm. and you're kind of finding. Wait a sec, because I think there's a theme in all this around what it takes to be uh, successful in this part of the world requires. Y- you got to be sometimes stronger, you know, sometimes tougher, sometimes more creative to be a success um, because it doesn't come as easily. And, you know, when you're describing that, I can't help but think about that. So, but, but, but that aside for a second, I want to like, what, like, so you're, you're, you're the, the concept as I understand it is you go and you, you guys are covering these homes, the real homes and, and, and the people that built these homes and just kind of their story and, and the, the unique designs and stuff. Like what's an example of just of like of just a, 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 a home that you visited and you guys are covering that just blows your socks off. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause, uh, you know, I think 
to, before I answer that question, it's I, th- I think it's important to say that we wanted to really make this show different than what was on TV. We really wanted to make it like 2.0 house shows, in my, in my opinion. That's what I wanted to do, was to step the game up in terms of the visuals, the editing, the music, everything. But some of the homes that, that we've seen so far that have like kind of like really been like, holy crap. Uh, well, one we just shot the other last weekend was a, a French restored missionary from 1799 that this guy in Nova Scotia had meticulously restored for 30 years. And it was just like he had brought other buildings to attach to it from all over. It was just like stuff like that. That's just like period. Like it's like living in eight, like the 1800s, you know. And then you go to New York and you, you, you're you in Chelsea and you open up a door behind a townhouse. And it's, you're just like, what? They do Victoria's Secret photo shoots here. And there's all kinds of celebrity photo shoots in this house. It's like that out of this world. So there's been like these really great polar opposite experiences of stuff that you would only ever see in a a magazine and then stuff that (laughs) you would only ever see in a historical magazine (laughs) so that's kind of the range that we've gone from um going back Lachlan to uh you know discussions around leadership being thrown into this experience for example hey Lachlan head down to Brooklyn you've got another crew from a you know from outside Hemings House that you have to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that's an incredibly enlightening, awesome experience, and sometimes it's very friction-orientated uh, uh, because people work differently. And, and you know, let's face it, uh, you know, you cannot avoid uh, different ego sets. Um, and what I have found, you know, you and I talked about this yesterday, is when we have a company like Hemings House where there's, I don't know how many people work here now, but 12 uh, full-time people, we become a family. We know each other. We know uh, we, we know the, the ego sensitivities of each other. We know how to work with each other through uh, through good and through bad. Now, when you bring in a contractor or somebody else from a different uh, team, per se, uh, and they don't understand that sense of culture, what's it like for you coming from a very protected culture to work with people, for, you know, with different viewpoints and different uh, work styles, and even d- different work ethics, for positive and for and, and in ch- challenging situations. What's it like? Do you feel feel more po- empowered that you came from that, or does it grade away, or does it make you, you know, like you said earlier, it allows you to bring something back of value? You know, what's uh, it's it's terrifying and exciting all at the same time. Because it's it's totally stepping out of your comfort zone when you when you work with the same people all the time. Uh, it's really great because you can. It's like you, the other person's picking up what you just put down. It's really symbiotic, but uh, I find it really, it's it's terrifying, and exciting because you don't know how this is gonna all work out. But I just at, at the end of it, you know, you got to throw yourself into it. And what I always come out of it is like, was that if it went well or if it went bad? What are the things that I can personally take away from that experience? So I I don't like I don't try to so like I know what I've got to bring to the table but I don't want to rigidly hold on to it like if it can be evolved a little bit by what other person brings in then great but if I it, it, it I don't try to so like I'm, I'm, I'm not quite answering the question but like I try to come into it with an open mind and whatever I can take out of it what I can but yeah I mean you've got to I think this is where the the sweet spot of of life and learning is is like going into these experiences and throwing yourself out of the comfort zone 
and learning. And that learning might not necessarily always be like this eureka moment. It might be like, oh, that's how I shouldn't do something. <laughs> and there was a few moments on this trip. There's absolutely. And those are just as valuable to me as the, as the moments where like it all just clicks. You know, like that's how I need to do it. I've been struggling for so long to figure it out. So you, and you know, if I think of you guys being thrown in the deep end, I mean, from day one, right? And so you're being a founding employee of Hemming's House, um, you know, and you think of, I would say, pretty humble beginnings, right? Like I remember, basement, basement of Greg's <laughs> home, you guys would go on and and beat the drums and the downstairs basement. This is you weren't even married, Greg, and uh, but yet there's this kind of passion about around filmmaking. But you had to, you know, but the to be a viable business, you know, like, and it was so, you know. Um, Oh, it was so, you know, fragile, right? This whole concept. Like, that was my perspective. But yet, there was this amazing opportunity. So now we're sitting in in this beautiful office space. You guys are talking about shows that you're shooting with a broadcaster. And, and I mean, this is just one of many, right? I mean, you got all this cool stuff going on. And you've watched this evolution, lock, right? Mm-hmm. What, like, and this is, a, I think this is a really important point. Like, is it like that you guys, where you started and where you're at, but, you know, and you didn't know for sure, but I had this sense from you guys that, that you were going to, you know, that, that something, important things were coming. You just couldn't see them at the time. But what do you think was, what helped you guys survive and, and thrive? Um, That's a really great question. I think that, hmm, that's a, that's, a re- that's a really great question. I mean, the, the early days, I mean, even metaphorically of of working in a rural basement out in the woods like isolating like underground like you know that that was very symbolic of damp and dank yeah was very symbolic of where we were at the time and then you know i think it was as cliche as it sounds it might be like just the desire to never quit like the desire to always learn desire to never quit and I think the only thing that really got us through those early years was the ability to deal with other people because there was so many other production companies that could very easily you know just squash us but somehow we maintained our integrity and we just ne- we just never stopped like we never we never wanted to to quit we never wanted to do anything else and we just went after it and we that's just the way it was and in my mind and Greg and I talked about this yesterday the enjoyment was never about for me at least like the the premiere or the the finished product or something it was always the process and maybe it was that in those early years of being so in the moment and so focused on the process so so no but no no, keep it going the process because the journey is and that's what a lot of people are trying to learn right because sometimes we're so focused on the destination but in a sense you guys didn't even have the destination clearly defined but you just knew you wanted to be doing cool work with with great people and telling wonderful stories and that how somehow got you through. Yeah, here's my here's my my building blocks that were like of the foundation of how I wanted to work then, which I still feel have evolved and are relevant now. One, that I needed to work with people that were really good. Not in the sense that they were really good like at their craft, but people who genuinely had a good high moral set. That was a building block, very important. Yeah. I knew that I needed to surround myself with good people. I knew that I really enjoyed the process which was able to keep me in the moment and really focused on what was right in, right in front of me. And then three, I always knew there was always something, whether it was spiritual or just this grand, like grandiose, bigger sense of that 
this was everything that we were doing was training for something much larger. Hmm. So it always felt like there was this the sense of knowing that. Yeah, the, in, in, inside of me and everyone else that was there from the beginning, that there was something bigger that was pushing us along hmm. towards something bigger. And if I think back to those original days of like building this thing literally by hand, brick by brick from nothing, like one computer and half camera that worked till now, it was like it was that that internal feeling of like what like I'm being pushed towards something much bigger. When you look from point A to, you know, for a point, you know, D right now, it's like, oh, looking back, you can see how everything fit together so great to be where we are now. Mm-hmm. And then I remember thinking, like, oh, I really want to do a show like I'm working on now. Mm-hmm. And now you're here. And that's that's really amazing. And now it's thinking about what's, what's the next that's 20 right, steps. Yeah. There's a, I think it's a Steve Jobs quote about you can you can always connect the dots looking backwards. Hindsight's 2020. Yeah, I mean, all yeah. those cliches. Um, but, you know, I was, I was thinking you were going to talk about um, having a, a great coach, but obviously that didn't even come <laughs> up. So, uh, well, you, you know, uh, it, <laughs> but don't, don't, don't worry about that. There's two points you missed to that. your point. There's two, there's two points that day. One is that it is. Or here, here, it, speak right into it, the mic. It is. It, it is. Uh, it is important to. Uh, hindsight is 2020. It's like Steve Jobs said, easy to look back and connect the dots. But I think if you're in the process of it, you need to be consciously aware that you are in a state of evolution to get towards this future goal that you want to. So you can you can consciously know that you're within the dots at that time. And I think that's something that I've always been able to, and that Greg, as a leader of our company, has always been able to, like, guys, I know that it's not so great right now, but here's what we're destined to do. So keep on pushing towards that. Keep on rocking it. Um, Lachlan, I think uh, that's a very good point because, um, and we do need to turn the tables on Dave because, at the you know, Dave and I started our companies pretty much the same week. And uh, we've been involved in each other's companies from the beginning. And Dave, we hired him as an executive coach for our team, for you, Andrew, Steve, and I, right from the beginning. And I really think that sense of aiming for vision um, and just that whole coach approach that we still have today um, came from you, Dave, and and, and the vision coaching uh, experience. And um, I really, truly believe that. And Lachlan, what's your thoughts on that? Because the other people listening to this are other entrepreneurs. A lot of people might be fuzzy about what the heck an executive coach is or the value of it. But why don't we just really quickly turn the tables and, uh, and uh, share your experience uh, as being part of a company that was... Uh, Inspired by coaching, I can tell you the exact. I can tell you the exact moment when I knew that uh, Dave was a pretty amazing guy. I can tell you the exact spot. It was in Java Moose uh, Coffee Roasters here in this very building, and I remember sitting with Dave, and he was having a coaching session with me. And and at the time, I kept on referencing my age. I thought, oh, my age. I'm I'm only this age. I can't do it yet. You know, blah blah blah. And then finally, after the conversation, as a coach does, Dave said, "Here's my challenge for you." I want you to stop thinking about how old you are means how much you're you're able to do or how much people can trust you or how like what you all these things. And it was a big that was like a big eureka moment that Dave was able to slice through all these things I was saying and pull out what the real message was. And looking back, that was yes, defined by age, but it was also such a much bigger thing in terms of like don't ever limit yourself to what you think you can or cannot do. 
just because you think that you're only 20 that you shouldn't be able to do this. Mm. But it was actually, for me, looking back, it was like a really amazing turning point to think, oh, I'm only this age. There's no reason why I can't go and do all these other things. There's, and that was that was a really huge moment for me. And what about collectively as a company? Uh, like, would you... Maybe just quickly share about how you feel the success of Hemmings House kind of started from the roots of coaching. I'm sorry if we're doing this, Dave, but well, it's, it, now, it, it, now, it is now, core. It is my, core. Now my joke uh, about that is turning it uncomfortable. Like, no, I love it. I love turning I'm, you red, I'm man. I'm starting to sweat. Listen, here. you every and, and I'm worried about the listeners going, oh, my God. What no, are they but, doing? but you know what? This this is our story. We're, we're interviewing Lachlan. I happen to be in the in the room as well. And this is just as much as our vision You know, for, uh, going forward is part of our story. Our, our roots story involved you and the coaching experience. So what what do you think our company would be like if we didn't uh, have that experience? If we didn't have the experience of working with Dave or more of a coach in general, I don't think that we would you you'd get really caught up in the in the day-to-day stuff and, and it happens to all entrepreneurs. It happens to everybody that it's nice to like, you know what, just puke a bunch of stuff onto a table and then someone who's like yourself, who has the, the your number one skill as a coach, I would think, is the ability to really listen between what people are saying and identify what the real challenges and what the real wins are of, of people or, or groups. I, I think that's it because Dave was able to really listen to what you were going happening with you, what was happening with the company, what was happening with me, and say, listen, guys, these are what I really think, what I'm what I'm hearing, and sometimes it's that outside perspective that that third party person that that trusted coach that is able to put it sometimes it's just wording something in a right way that you're just like oh yeah something just clicks for you and if there was any sales pitch for a coach in my opinion it would be that it's that the ability for someone else to really listen and read through what's going on and put stuff back to you in a way that really challenges you or really inspires you well, I, I remember a moment <clears throat> where you guys, we were in the basement, right, in this rural home, <laughs> and 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 I and I actually, we were doing a documentary on coaching, and, and it was around, you know, the work we were doing together, right? And it was a really fun, it was a great project for me. I just loved it, right? It was, I think, the start of our collaboration, right? And, um, and I remember the struggles, you know, Greg was running to the end of his line of credit. There was some financial things come popping up like i mean big right you know um you know the 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 projects weren't coming through as quickly as you wanted there was some cool stuff happening but and i and you know it'd be funny to it would be interesting to go back to that footage if we could find it but i just recall going um because i had these segments where i'd actually talk into the camera and say what i was seeing right and i remember saying man these guys are on to something i hope they can make it through i hope they can can you know realize the potential they're sitting on and i mean i'm not a filmmaker how could i you know like how would i know but it just it was so so to see to see the success you guys are having now and i know there's a lot of future success but you know part of the process is always celebrating where we're at i honestly i mean uh, i it was so obvious to me is you know and i think and that's why i really appreciate your wise words which we just can't quit there's something else going on here you know something was pushing you along seemed in a kind of on the, on the periphery I was like it seemed pretty obvious to me so uh, so I'm not at all surprised by the success you're having and um and but I and I'm also so happy for you guys cuz it's so exciting to see what's happening and then to hear 
you know, like I said, from a, a, a external source, man, these guys stack up to the, they're world class. And if you think of good to great, you know, this concept, the hedgehog concept, being world class, you know, being able to figure out how to make money. And, and then the next, the, the last one is be, do something you're passionate about. That you guys had the world class thing coming along. The passion was there. And then you just had to figure out how to make money. You know, and where those collide, that's that sweet spot. So, anyways, I, that's what I've seen. So we have the love fest continues. The love fest. Okay, <laughs> so um, let's uh, let's wrap this uh, interview to a close. Um, Lachlan, w- before you uh, before you leave, and we talk about you behind your back. Um, What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Because I know there's a, a ton of young filmmakers. And, and photo- uh, your photographer as well. And entrepreneurs and anybody that model, might want to pick model, your brain. You're a well. model. <laughs> yeah. You wear hipster glasses. Yeah. Um, you've got a phenomenal Actually, haircut. They are Ray-Ban. Yeah, he's got a good I feel like kind of a little bit frumpy around Lachlan, actually. Uh, do you eat much? Or, uh, All the time. <laughs> I'm jealous, man. Okay, yeah. What's what's the best way for us to get a, get in touch with you? Uh, well, my Instagram is Lachlando Bloom. And Facebook, you can find me, my name, my email is LachlanHemingsHouse.com. How do they spell it? L-A-U-C-H-L-A-N, at Hemingshouse. And why don't you spell Lachlando Bloom, because your Instagram is awesome. <laughs> spell that. <laughs> it's L-A-U-C-H-L-A-N-D-O-B-L-O-O-M. So. Beautiful. Dave, some takeaways. Should we say, well, Locke is sitting, oh, feedback for Locke. No, you know what? Wise, he's wise beyond his years. Age doesn't matter, right, Locke? That's but, right. Um, no, but just you know, the, you know, you I think are uh, so fortunate, Greg, to have people around you like Lachlan that are have this wonderful perspective. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think if you if people listeners follow Lachlan and just watch what he's doing, you'll you'll just there's, there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of uh, patient thought and reflection. And uh, we tried to our best to pull it out here. Um, but there's a lot more there. So there's a, lots of depth, right? And uh, and then I think there's a spiritual guy who's who's found his place, and um, it's been uh, it's been fun. And I, I think I'm so glad you brought him in to talk. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the the cool takeaway for me is that concept of uh, uh, you know really throwing yourselves into places of uncomfort, but knowing that that is actually the place that you're going to be, and and anticipating friction, challenge. Etc. But converting that into learning points to make yourself better. There's no other way to grow than to be thrown into what I call the, the refiner's fire. You know, uh, if if we were just comfortable making videos in St. John with our own team uh, all the time, well, it can get stale. You know, um, we want to grow. We want to learn from others. We want to learn what not to do. And I think that was that was a really good point as well. Uh, and uh, I think any entrepreneur can appreciate that. That getting into challenging places. Like I was at the beginning when you were coaching me when I ran out of money. Oh, uh, man, that was tough. You know what? I learned because uh, I was so sloppy with my finances. I, I, I learned an incredibly valuable uh, financial lesson, which is don't do stuff that you've got no idea how to do. You bring in the smart people that know how to do it and who are passionate about it to take care of that. That's just a small little lesson, but it was huge. Good thing I, I had that experience. I'm glad I wasn't going through that today, you know? So that, that would be my, my takeaways. Well, and you guys as a group, as a, your, your, I think your mantra, and that's, you know, what we're trying to always accomplish with, with, with in ourselves and with the people we work with and as coaches is, is getting, not, even, not comfortable, but the, the new norm is always to be out of your comfort zone. So it's kind of like being comfortable, being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. And I, I see you guys do it on a regular basis because when we get out of there, when we, when we push ourselves, 
um, we, we actually surprise ourselves because we're, we're, we're stronger, tougher, better than we sometimes give ourselves credit for. Lachlan, what's that Daft Punk song that we have to get Matt to roll underneath <laughs> the end? Oh. Stronger, faster. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, even yeah. I know it, that it, one. You know what? Just to, if I could say one last thing, it's like, you know, it, it is like this this like thing. You got to get out, think outside the box and outside your comfort zone and all that stuff. But I try to not even think about it like that anymore. It's like I just try to narrow in like who am I going to be, who can I learn stuff with and how is this really terrifying situation going to benefit me? And that is the most. That's the only thing I need to do to calm my nerves when I'm about to go on an airplane to a foreign city with people I don't know to do something I'm completely new to. <laughs> that's the. That's the. That's what I think about. Honestly, that's the only thing that keeps me not terrified. And in the history of the show, the first guest who has contributed to takeaways. I think that's uh, that's that's historic, uh, um, and and, and and Lachlan may very well cri- criticize us for even referencing our previous uh, episodes, but uh, it'll be done in the spirit of. Uh, but we did we did not. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's talking about how hot it. You're not supposed to talk. You get about it now, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. We are Thank sweating. Thanks, oldies. Thanks, Lachlan. Thanks, guys. See you next week. See you next week on the Bowling Point. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling.
you looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C., as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain App, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.